Craft Beer Radio episode 160 on May 1st, 2010. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the podcast that streets ahead. This week we have, ooh, looks pretty. It, it it's um, yeah, we got some beer here. We got uh, Imperial Stouts, Imperial Stouts, and uh, I just uh, put a little tweet in with a photo of these beers and said, if it, this show doesn't turn out to be epic, then we ain't doing it right. So let's find out what we have first. What should we start with? Let's do this one. This one came to us from our friends at Boulevard Boulevard Brewing in the city. city, Missouri. And this is the Dark Truth Stout. Barley, wheat, rye, and oats. Espresso, roasted fig. No, creme those brulee. Are, those, oh, those are, are flavors. Those are flavors. Okay. <laughs> On this list of stuff. I was going to say, they probably didn't put creme brulee I, uh, in, too. Yes, I, I, I ellipsed out the marketing speak. Gotcha. But, uh, but you missed the transition from real ingredients to flavors. <laughs> Noble German hops. Belgian yeast. Yeah, so it is all kinds of cereal grains and imperial stout with German hops and Belgian yeast. That is a melting pot of a beer, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. And it is caged and corked, as you can tell. The alcohol on this one is 9.7% alcohol by volume. There isn't a beer tonight under 9. Pours... Dark, dark, dark. It has a about two fingers worth of a somewhat tannish head. Nice and fluffy. It smells uh, like a hoppy stout. I got a big head on mine, a little bit bigger than Greg's. Um, on the aroma, I get some dark roast. I get um, oats. I certainly smell the oats in there. It has that gummy, mealy type aroma. Some uh, Some plum-like... Aroma's coming off of there. Maybe prunish. Mm-hmm. Mm, and it, it goes from, like, initially, like, the first, the first second is, like, dry. Then it goes really sweet. Then it goes into sort of a bitter chocolate flavor. Mm-hmm. And then here comes now the oats coming in at the end, mm-hmm. leaving a little bit of a sort of a, of a like Jeff said, a kind of gumminess. Yeah, it's, a, it's fruity. Belgian yeast is definitely, you know, taking part in this beer and... And playing it, it has a. I don't know if I would have pegged it as being from a Belgian yeast if I didn't know ahead of time, but it definitely gives you some character that if you're looking for, it, you can tell that it's not just you know regular ale yeast that fermented this guy out. It's hard to say because there's so many other flavors that come mm-hmm. through in a stout right. that it's hard to pick up on. Oh, there's Belgian yeast flavors also. Yeah, it seems like putting Belgian yeast ferment stouts is starting to become more and more prevalent, right? Uh, if you listen to the Weyerbacher interview that I put up recently, they just bottled a beer called Tiny, and it was a, a Belgian stout. You know, so it's another American American stout, American double stout, but they fermented it out with their with their house Belgian yeast. I, I wonder about that. I wonder if you know. I, I do think uh, that American beer is right now the the tippy top of <laughs> the beer world in terms of what's going on. However, I think that people may be starting to run out of ideas <laughs> uh-huh. in some sense. If they're like, well, let's 
make a Belgian twist on this. That to me is it's it's starting to sound a little lazy. I, I don't know. I mean, but more and more people are doing it. It's it's almost like uh, what's another one? Oh, double IPA, right? You yeah, know, Imperial IPA. I mean. You know, when that first came out, someone's like, well, let's just take an IPA and go crazy with it. And now it's a legitimate style, right? So, what's, you know, there's nothing t- to me that says that Belgian um, stouts, Belgian style stouts. I could be completely off base on this. But the, the way you describe it to me and, and the, the way that, you know, it is in some sense true that you see more and more people just kind of, oh, we're, we're going to Belgianify this. Boulevard gave us two chocolates to try with this. So we're going to eat these chocolates with the beer. We're not going to make chocolate noises. We're going to cut those out. Yeah, this is from Christopher Elbow, Artisanal Chocolates, and uh, and Stephen Pauls, the uh, brewmaster at Boulevard Brewing, paired these chocolates together. Uh, the Ven- Venezuelan Dark is a dark chocolate ganache with 70% cacao from uh, Venezuela in the raspberry is a layer of fresh raspberry pate de f- pat is a pate p a t e mm-hmm. pate de fruit topped with a dark chocolate raspberry infused ganache. Wow, they both. Um, I was I did the um, the dark chocolate one first, and I thought it worked really well with the beer. It opened up the beer a little bit, but the beer really helped spread the chocolate. And, um, I guess uh, dissolve the chocolate a little bit more, mm-hmm. right? Really get into that fat and dig it out and, and open up the chocolate a lot. And I'm like, oh, that's great. I don't think the raspberry is going to be as good. But the, the raspberry affected the beer more than the chocolate did, right? The raspberry, what would I say it did? It, it, it kind of spread out the, the roastiness of the beer a little bit. I think I agree yeah. with you. I think that I did it in the opposite direction. I did the raspberry first and then the chocolate. The raspberry... Kind of the beer uh, and the raspberry melded together and made this kind of very interesting, you know, chocolatey raspberry mm-hmm. concoction. The the chocolate sort of muted a lot of the uh, some of the chocolate flavors of the beer and brought out some of the other uh, flavors of some of the grains mm-hmm. like the, the rye right. and the wheat. Mm-hmm. So it, it gave you different ways of of appreciating the beer. Those are pretty good chocolates. They too. were good chocolates. I like the uh, the chocolate one better. Yes, than the raspberry in one. terms of the chocolate itself, that chocolate ganache was awesome. This is one of the smokestack series. I don't think we said that yet, but this is the Dark Truth Stout from Boulevard. So it's a, it's similar to a version of their uh, limited release Imperial Stout before it was barrel aged. So this is not barrel aged, and their Imperial mm-hmm. Stout was. This one has the grains in it, though the Imperial Stout yeah. wasn't with the grains. And you know, there's a nice little freeness to here. It's it's, it's really well balanced. It's not. You hear dark truth. Some of you might be thinking dark lord. It's not this. Th- it's not a thick motor oil style. Mm-hmm. It's got you know pleasant carbonation. It's got. Uh, it doesn't have a super thick mouthfeel. It's sort of medium bodied. Up next, we have another beer that was uh, sent to us in a cedar box by the brewery. This is Sierra Nevada thirtieth anniversary. Fritz and Ken's Ale. Did you look? You saw this box when it came in, right? Yes. Cedar box. It has the real. What is this stuff? It's it's kind of like straw padding. It's the stuff like it, when the guy gets the leg lamp from a Christmas story. Mm-hmm. And he's pulling all that padding out of the crate, looking for the leg lamp. It's that stuff. The uh, 
beautiful marketing package. I know it's only the package, but yeah, when they do it, I'm this jealous because well, you have one. When they do it this well, you you got it's it's a collector's item for sure. Right. So there is um, going to be four beers this year. I think you missed that part. This one is Fritz and Kenzel. This is a, a stout made um, by Fritz Maytag and Ken Grossman. Uh, Ken's from Sierra Nevada. Fritz is from Anchor, as most people will recognize the name. And um, throughout the year, they're putting out three more beers. There's going to be a lager that Charlie Papazian, Fred Eckhart, and Ken are making. And then there's going to be an Amer- American barley wine that um, Jack McAuliffe and Ken are making. So these are the the foundation of craft beer, these people. Uh, I think it says in there somewhere that you know, they're the men that spawned a thousand breweries. Right. And it's pretty true. So Sierra Nevada, the main reason I fast-tracked this show tonight is that uh, I'm seeing this beer in bars. It is on at both Mad Max North Hills and Cranberry. Really? So I figured, you know, it's it, on draft at bars. Let's get this out so people can hear about well, it. Well, we too. have a show before this you haven't put out. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> Danger, Will Robinson. At least the beer's not gushing, but holy carbonation, Batman. Where'd that cork go? <laughs> I have no idea. Yikes. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. It hit the ceiling, and it fell back down. Wow. That's what gravity does. This beer is 9.2% alcohol. This is the lowest alcohol beer of the night. (laughs) 9.2%. Sheesh. Why couldn't they put some real alcohol in there? I wish they would give you a little bit more information about the beer, but it's kind of... Yeah, it's it's all about the event. Uh, American Double Stout... Um, we can give them information about the beer, at least the flavor part of the right, beer, right? That's so, true. I don't think there's. You can check that out. I don't think there's anything brewing related on the front there. I'm not getting much. I'm getting a um, almost in, you lightly know I, toasted um, malt aroma. It's it's, it's kind, kind of, of a, a sweet, uh, fresh tobacco. Aroma, almost. No, that could be. Yeah, there's a little tobacco in there. Not smoked tobacco, you know, fresh. Right, if I'm thinking of beers, and it just could be because I know who made this, but if I'm thinking of beers that share aromas like this, I'm thinking Anchor Porter, which has that raisiny type roast aroma in there. I'm getting a little bit of that. Very fine carbonation on it, and it makes the beer taste feel really soft in your mouth. So you you don't get any kind of harsh bitterness or roast or anything. You get a little bit later in the mouth in the, in, in the taste, but the um, carbonation is really fine. And it, it gives it just this very delicate flavor for a stout, for a 9% alcohol stout. You can taste some of the alcohol in there. Not to say that it's hot, but you can taste... Uh, the way the alcohol is mm-hmm. playing around with the flavors, there, you know, I think that a lot of these are going to share similar taste characteristics. There's some, you know, plum mm-hmm. raisinish type flavor. There's going to be roasty chocolate. These kind of things are all going to be common. So, 
for me to say, oh, there's chocolate. It tastes like there's dark fruit in there. Mm-hmm. Well, that's silly. It's, of course it's there. So right. what else is in there? That is the question that is hard to answer. Hops are not particularly jumping at me. They're there. But I'm not getting a distinct, like, oh, I can say what hop this is. There's a little bit of a bitterness there. There's a little slight fruitiness that probably comes from a cascade type hop. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think they used any kind of smoke mold in this beer. But on the aroma now, I'm getting this... Um, this kind of woody type aroma. It reminds me a little bit of yeah, something along the lines of Palo Santo. You know, it's not that crazy frankincense, incense type flavor you get from the dog fish at Palo Santo. Or that Santo cedar aroma. box. Yeah, I put the box down on the ground, so I don't think I'm smelling the cedar box. I don't think that infused the flavor of the beer through the glass. That'd be but, hard. But, but it could be that that was, you know, something that they were... Oh, the beer has a woody flavor. Let's put it in the cedar box. Right. Could be. And get a little bit like, and I think they carry through the flavor also. So I'm wondering if they used any kind of um, of slightly smoked mold or anything in here. I mean, because I was Woody is very good because I was thinking, you know, going through my flavor database trying to mm-hmm. figure out where where what other flavors can I pick out here, and I started to go through green vegetables and you're just trying to pick right, something right, right. and woody makes sense because some of those green vegetables can have sort of woody characteristics right, particularly right. something like asparagus or uh, broccoli mm-hmm. um, yeah I hear you I rosemary. mean those two things rosemary. asparagus and broccoli just they have they have very potent flavors mm-hmm. that aren't in this beer but if you could find the right undertone out of those vegetables you know boil the hell out of it until it's all soggy right and yeah and- you know, or kale. I was thinking along those lines. I was trying to come up with some some way of describing this without saying oh, it's chocolate. And- mm-hmm. So, what do you think? What's your overall impression on it? It's very drinkable. It is very drinkable, like extremely drinkable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, like you said, the sort of finer carbonation. There's a lot of it clearly because that thing went pow. Yeah, but the finer carbonation gives it more of a silky mm-hmm. texture and. Even though, like I said, you can taste the alcohol, it's not hot. Mm-hmm. So the alcohol is just giving you a flavor more than it's giving you this, you know. Yeah, the fine carbonation, it almost comes across like it's a nitro, right? I mean, it's such small, fine bubbles. It's not quite as thick and creamy as a Guinness nitro would be. It's but got it's, more prickliness than a nitro, too. So, I mean, it's right. definitely, it's got that carbonic acid. Right. Um, but it, it's it for it's completely different from a very acidic... Highly hot, highly carbonated beer. Yeah. Right? It's such small bubbles for some reason that it, maybe it's, it's probably bottle conditioned. Um, I don't have information either way whether it is or not, but I wouldn't be surprised if they bottle conditioned this beer. And that really is sets the stage for how you perceive this beer. You can tell that... I would no. have to do desserts with this beer too. Yeah, I was just about to say something very stupid, and I, and I won't say it. But I think that this is a very this is a decent thing to throw out there for a thirtieth anniversary. I think they put a lot of work into this. <laughs> I think they did. Uh, you know, it, it's very it's 
very well balanced and very drinkable. It's got all the properties you really want. What I was going to say that was really stupid was you can tell that they really put a lot of time and effort into this beer. But that's the stupidest thing because that every brewer puts time and effort into their beer. What so, I would like to know, and I'm going to have to email Bill, their their marketing person. Do did they pilot this at all, or did they just go and brew it? You know, they do the formulations and they do it, and then they just brewed the big batch of it. I'd be curious if they piloted these at all. I'm sure that for something this big and selling this this. You know they're they're doing a 30th anniversary of beer. My guess is they're going to pilot this. I thing. wouldn't be sure of that. Um, you know these guys are you know top notch brewing scientists. They can put down the pen and paper and write a recipe and know what they're going to get in a lot of cases. Um, but not, they don't know if it's going to be a little. You know there might be things that go slightly wrong with the batch. There might be you know might not be quite what they wanted. I would. You think, might be surprised, Greg. In the industry, I might be how surprised. few stuff gets piloted before it gets made. But I think that for a 30th anniversary, you're going to pilot. I think that, yeah, for your for your seasonal, you may not pilot it. But for your 30th anniversary beer, you damn sure want to make sure that that's something worth celebrating. It could be. I don't know. I'm going to find out, and we'll, we'll let you know. Good stuff. Right, 50 I, cents. I, 50 cents? 50 all cents. right, all right. I say they didn't pilot it. Greg thinks they piloted the, uh, the Fritz and Kenu. I'd have to go with desserts on this one. It's probably going to be the theme throughout the night, right? These are all big imperial styles. Yeah, I mean... I don't think it would really play well with, you know, a big barbecue No, no. What, what, what I'm thinking is pound cake. You know, I'm mm-hmm. thinking uh, something fluffy with a lot of... Uh, with some texture there that could soak could, up a lot of the flavors. Well. You know, you could definitely do some kind of vanilla thing, you know, like... Uh, it's like uh, tiramisu, but I thought that, but it's like soaked in milk, right? Trey leche or something like that. Okay, you know something like that. You know, would be an opposite instead of doing more chocolate with it. I think you know that you know like something that's like soggy pastry. I I, I just have that in my mind right cheesecake. now. Cheesecake. Oh yeah, this would go awesome with cheesecake, wouldn't it? I think it would, man. <laughs> well. What doesn't go good with cheesecake? Like hot pepper sauce, right? <laughs> That's pretty much it. All right, so let's go on to this one. I don't want to have high expectations. I don't want to save them for last. We're going right into the Brooklyn Black Ops. This is uh, Imperial Stout. I have not had this beer yet. It's been out for two years now. And I think this is this past year's. I believe this is the one that... Listener sent us. This is the highest alcohol beer of the night, 11.6% alcohol by volume. Available in limited quantities. Yeah, this is the second release, yeah, the 11, 11% on this one. They produce 1,000 cases, so this is one out of... Actually, this one says 10.7, so this might be the first year. Anyway, don't matter, it's almost the same beer. The second year was a little bit higher in alcohol. You can get this... Um, Black hops when it's in season, which is um, typically wintertime. Uh, anywhere you can find Brooklyn Local 1, Local 2, they, they distribute the same places. So if you can't get Brooklyn Local 1 in your neighborhood, then you aren't going to find Black Ops either. They say Brooklyn Black Ops is 100% bottle refermented. Do you do like 70% bottle refermented? <laughs> you, you know, that's, that's a little bit of marketing, but you know, they say the same thing. But what that means is that it's bottle conditioned. They um, 
have a warm room. And they bottle these beers and the bottle them still, just like a home brewer would. Mm-hmm. Put them in the warm room and they condition, just like the Brooklyn Local 1, Local 2. I've been desperately wanting to try this beer for you know two years now. And this is my first opportunity, so here we go. Aroma. Prost. Cheers. I did notice on Beer Advocate that this guy is um, categorized as a Russian Imperial Stout. Where the other ones are categorized as American double slash imperial style. I see. So, I haven't, didn't take the time to look into what Russian imperial means. But to me, Russian imperial means that it is. Um, I think thicker. I think thicker. Like a, um, the alcohol is typically present in it. You know, these are my yeah. personal things. Alcohol will be present. Thicker. Um, it'll be more. Uh, <sighs> more slick right like more i don't want to say it tastes like soy sauce but it'll have more of that mouthfeel you think of when you get all the soy sauce so more umami, you know? umami basically yeah. yeah there's definitely uh an alcohol slash uh, anise kind uh-huh. of aroma yeah the smell what, what i'm smelling right now that's what i think of imperial stat right so it's not as malty scotch, you know almost a scotchy type it's not as malty the aroma it leans to the alcohol as opposed to the malty on it Oh my goodness! That's smells- yeah. It sounds smells, smells almost like a good scotch, doesn't it? Okay, I was saying it doesn't smell malty; it smells alcoholic. But I guess if you think of spirits, right, it smells like one of the maltier whiskeys, bourbons, mm-hmm. scotches, something like that. You know, so it's not malty for a beer, but it smells like a malty spirit. Lots of raisin, an exquisitely chocolate flavor. Mm-hmm. This is this is chocolatier than their chocolate black chocolate stout. There's um, a really, a really nice undercurrent of just sort of bitter chocolate. I'm uh, getting all the the dark fruits. I'm getting currant and raisin, a little bit of prune. It, it's the alcohol adding some some right. sweetness to to that malt. Definitely so, a toffeeish kind of flavor to it. So when you were talking about chocolate earlier, I wasn't tasting it when I was thinking, what you, listening to what you're saying. But now, as soon as you said truffle, I started thinking dark chocolate truffle. I started thinking 70, 80, 90% cacao chocolate. And if you look at an 80% cacao, 90% cacao, you know, it's not really sweet, but you get some really rich cocoa flavor. There's a lot of that in this beer, too, mm-hmm. if you start thinking of those kind of chocolates. Yeah, I'm not thinking milk chocolate here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This ain't no Nestle's Quick. This is, for its alcohol, very, very drinkable. Yeah, uh, the alcohol's not hot, right? Alarmingly so. <laughs> you can tell it's there, but it's not hot. It, it comes across, it, it, I find it sweetens the malt a little bit. It gives a little bit of a, a cherry liqueur type character to the beer. Has a really nice fruity aftertaste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking like you know this is a beer version of a very dark chocolate, eighty percent cacao, with just a touch of some some black cherry syrup on it. You know, not too much because if you get pour more than a drop or two, it's going to be too much cherry. But you just put like just the right amount on there, and you you got the the chocolate version, the dessert version of this drink. The other two I could see with food. This one I almost can't see with food. Most of it would be just kind of mm-hmm. 
flushed I, away by a food. This is really after dessert. Yeah, this is uh, this is definitely end. The, you know, the end of the night. Yeah, you get a little bit of snifter and and work on it. Yeah, I'm not gonna want to eat like like I said a pound cake with this. Mm-hmm. That, that no. would just that would ruin the complexity, just the the, the, the beautiful uh, construction of this beer. If you were like a cigar smoker, maybe you know, maybe that would work. I don't have any reference point to say, but I could definitely. I wouldn't mind drinking this in a room where a person's smoking a good cigar, or a pipe. A pipe, especially, because the pipes they smell good. Mm-hmm. Sure, you're going to get lung cancer, but we're all going to die anyway, right? (laughs) (laughs) Black Ops is pretty decent. It's a very, 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 very beautiful beer. I am impressed. Uh, And, you know, impressed from a Brooklyn beer. You know, because I'm usually, Mm -hmm. I have very high expectations, and I'm impressed. It's good. It's not my uh, favorite Imperial Stout ever. But it has a little bit different character, right? You, you drink it different times, and definitely sit back and sip this thing. I can't even friends. say what my favorite imperial stout ever. This is up there on one of my fa- on on a, on a really high on a, on a list of very good beers that I would recommend to people for this type of after dinner situation. Right, after dinner situation, absolutely. You know, when I'm talking about favorite ones ever, I would say Ten Fifty is, is in that game. I would say. Um, Dark Lord with the with the smudge. Dark Lord with the sludge is kind of a special case, right? He's he's the uh, the Daryl Strawberry with the Asterix type, you know, in the record book. He he has some performance enhancing drugs on him. <laughs> uh, Dark Lord Day was last weekend. We missed it. <laughs> Wasn't gonna drive up there anyway. Yeah, I know. I rather would have seen my my niece and nephew, and that's what I did. Absolutely. Um, what else is on the top of my list? I don't want to spend a ton of time. Let me throw... Uh, Old Rasputin is up there. Um, Bell's Expedition is up there. And actually, the um, the beer we're having next, the regular version of Boris the Crusher oh, I like, is uh, up there. I like Yeti a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeti's a good one. You're right. He's up there, too. Yeti's a great Imperial Stout. So this is the Barrel-Aged Boris. Oatmeal Imperial Stout. I got this up at Vintage Estates in Boardman, Ohio. Barrel Age Boris is from Hoppin' Frog. They are in Akron, Akron, Ohio. The uh, the regular version of Boris won the gold medal at the 2008 Great American Beer Festival, and, and the barrel aged version is is very limited, eighty six to eighty seven cases. Was what was released, wow. and we so, got one. I got one. So what's the price tag on there? Fifteen, fifteen ninety nine. Yeah, the um, the regular Boris was like eight ninety nine. So this is sixty IBU, nine point four percent alcohol by volume. Uh, original gravity of one hundred seven, of one point oh seven, uh, twenty three point five degrees Play-Doh. And uh, according to the Surgeon General, women should not drink alcoholic beverages during pregnancy because of risk of birth defects. This is the. This beer has a nickel of a head on it. <laughs> the rest of it has no head, and there's like a nickel of little some bubbles there. Are, are both poured the same way? I have a little island of head floating mm-hmm. in the middle. 
I can smell the oak. Oh, by the way, these beers are all dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're 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 uh, imperial stouts. They're uh, all... Not a single one of them had any highlights. It's all black. It... Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the smell on this one, there is a slight oak oaky flavor. It's not too whiskey. It's not. It's not like you're smelling bourbon instead of the oak. It's mostly oaky. It's vanilla. It's it's caramel, but there is a little bit of hint of whiskey smell. Oh, it's from there. the Heaven Hill whiskey barrel. So. Oh, okay. Really brings a lot of vanilla in there, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Oh my! And then ends. There's whiskey coming out at the end, and really sweet. Um, I got three distinct phases while drinking. With a caramel kind of edge to it. Four distinct phases now. I had three, and then the fourth one came in late. Uh, beginning stout, a little bit of caramel. And then really whiskey. And then the third phase lingered for a while, and it was a bit tannic. And I was like, oh, that kind of disappointing. But then the, it morphed into this, this caramel, this, um, you know. Um, really creamy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There, it, almost, <laughs> it almost tastes like one of those creamy caramels. Mm-hmm. Mm. What are the ones that come on the lollipop sticks that mm-hmm. you have to chew on? and. Mm. This is going to be a very hard show to judge. <laughs> we just throw up our arms and run for the door. Wow. You, I'm going home. Wow. This is, this is going to be a hard show to judge. Yeah, lots of caramel, lots of vanilla. Roast. Alcohol in this guy is very well hidden. Mm-hmm. This is the least chocolatey. Of them, yeah. I mean, it's running a barrel. There's that tannic part in the thir- third quarter of the f- taste. It, it, I wish it wasn't there because first quarter, second quarter, fourth quarter, delicious. That third quarter is really bugging me, though. I'm not really getting. That I just need to drink part. another sip before I get to the third quarter. I guess that's probably the key, right? Just keep on drinking, right? <laughs> Don't ever let the third quarter hit. <laughs> I am. Uh... I'm not getting the tannicness that Jeff is. I don't want to say Jeff's wrong, because mm-hmm. he's not. His tongue is right for him. Let's drink I at the same don't. time, and I'll tell you when it comes on. All right. One, two, three. Okay, so we drink at the same time. So right now, I'm getting caramel. It's morphing More into for me. the whiskey and the oak, right? And then here, soon should come the... See, now it's starting to get a little... T- um, the wood's getting more prominent. Mm-hmm. And here's where it was getting tannic. Watch me not taste it this time. It's moving it's, over to caramel for me. See, I'm not, I'm not noticing the, uh, the tannins this time. <laughs> so, I just need to have, you know... I need to get the first three ounces down. And then everything's then, great. That is great. <laughs> everything's great. Just drink three ounces of that and you'll want any more problem. Any more. Well, I mean, with all these beers. It, it cures all. Yes. <laughs> This will cure what ails you. <laughs> All right, so those are four big beers. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I need to evaluate the Boris a little bit more. If that tannin doesn't come back, you know, he's he's going to be elevated in the rankings. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not tasting it. The last two sips, much much improved. The it killed off those um, dissenting taste buds. <laughs> 
You don't like me? Screw you. How do I judge these four beers? Again, another thing that, you know, we say a lot, there's no losers in this stack. These are all great beers. You'll enjoy every single one of these. I don't know. How do you judge four beers, no flaws, all taste similar, and none of them are really jumping heads over heels over the other one? I mean, like many of our shows, it's all based around personal preference, right? Right. So I do have preference. I digging the the kind of flavors that are in the Hop and Frog in the Brooklyn over the flavors that are in the Boulevard in the Sierra Nevada, right? So those that's how it's split for me. But even figuring out three and four and one and two is going to be tough yeah. because they're a virtual tie. Well, I'm going to go for the Brooklyn Black Ops first because I just think that, that sort of that, that whiskey-ish kind of mm-hmm. kind of flavor that they put on there, and like I said, I mean, you, you know, I was really very impressed with the beer and. Brooklyn, I'm very impressed with generally anyway, so mm. for me to be, you know, over, you know, again impressed with Brooklyn Beer, well, that says something. Right next to it, the 30th anniversary, I, like I said, I think it's an exquisitely well-crafted beer, really, really well done. Um, so, so drinkable. Probably goes so well with food. Uh, I'm going to put the Dark Truth Stout Next, and the reason why the Hop and Frog gets third to me is because it cheated. Cheated because it's in a barrel. Yes, but it's the barrel version of the beer. I know, I know. It, I bought it. I paid extra because it was the barrel version of the beer. None of these, none of the other one had the advantage of using the barrel to to accentuate other flavors. They just kind of, you know, they, they use other things. Like, for instance, the Dark Truth used the Belgian yeast and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and, and the multi-grain label. Uh, and and that uh, that just get, is, is slightly, you know, ju- just enough to give it the edge over the Hoppin' Frog. Okay. All great beers. I would not diss any one of them. So Greg's last place beer, I think, is gonna. I think he leapfrogged, pun intended, because he's a hopping frog, all the way to number one. Uh, I did have that problem first couple sips of being kind of tannic in the third quarter of the four four parts of the taste, but now it, it's tasting great the whole way through, and I dig it. Uh, just behind it is the Brooklyn Black Ops. I needed a little more. For my personal preference, I wish it would have had a little more in Russian Imperial Stout flavor that I was looking for that needed a little bit more to it. Um, not complaining. Not complaining at all. But the Hop and Frog had what I was looking for. Sounds a lot like you're complaining. I No. <laughs> no. And then uh, number three. So hard. Because you don't want to give anyone last place, right? So hard. Um... So the Sierra Nevada had was was ultimately drinkable and in and delicate, and the smokestack had a great four grain flavor in the Belgian yeast. Um, I think I'm going to put the uh, smokestack third and the Sierra Nevada fourth, and I feel so guilty because Sierra Nevada was wonderful, but. You know, he's still uh, he's still an A or B plus beer, right? 
you know, we have all straight A's across the board here, yeah. if not B plus on some of them. So all wonderful, and and picking was exceedingly hard. Yeah, I would say they're all A's. Absolutely, all Absolutely. A's on this show. Straight and, A's, and it's just personal preference. You have your title. Straight, straight A's. A's. There we go. I like it. Um, yeah, the beers were great, and it's gonna be just personal preference on which of the four you dig the most. But, dude, you're not gonna go wrong with any of them. No, not at all. Which one do you think might be the easiest to find? Well, probably right now. Right now, Nevada. you go Sierra Nevada. Be easiest to find. Yeah. yeah, it'll be available almost nationwide. It's on the shelves now. It's on tap at many bars. Yeah, the the dark. True Stout is um, over. There might be some bottles lingering if you're in the Kansas City area. Mm-hmm. The uh, the Boris is uh, late in the season, and the Black Ops is out of season. So. And that's also a, a year old, right? So, no, they've had two releases. So but that's far. this is the first one. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, that's Craft Beer Radio for this week. Awesome. We'll be back uh, another week with another show. I like that non-committal. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah, the band The Lights Out. You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Some people get a longer fuse. Some people's shoulders are big enough for the abuse. But they never say what you can't hear.